What's up? What's up, everybody? What Welcome up? to the Corridor Cast. Uh, uh, the Corridor yeah. Cast. Jake just stopped Episode playing his banjo for intros. Eighty-seven, dude. Yeah. I stopped playing the banjo ages ago. You know why? Because it was a little. <laughs> no, Wait, what, were, what yeah, were you going to say? <laughs> what, what were you going to say? Because <laughs> I, I don't know. Because <laughs> your taste improved. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know the banjo is a delightful mu- instrument. I actually quite like it. It's, it's like the double uh, pedals of guitars. <laughs> the banjo is like when it's not in the right setting, you know, when you bring it into a podcast setting, it's kind of like a bull in a china shop. Right. You know, it's it's just it's just right. kind of everywhere and That's it's, it's wreaking it. havoc. Um, which is why I would only just play a couple chords, but it does sort of grab your attention. But I don't know if it grabs your, your I don't know if it grabs your attention in a way that is conducive to, you know, like a, an audio experience yeah. when you've come well, to a podcast. Perhaps. I don't know. I, I found it delightful. Okay. Look, well, I like my hot sauce. I can, I can always bring Jake. it back. Yeah. Bring it back, yeah. please. Direct request cool. right here. I like from it. From a person sitting on the right, other side well, of the screen look, from you. Guys, if Nico wants it, you know, Nico like get what Nico lap. wants. <laughs> 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 he just pulls it into frame. <laughs> <laughs> materializes yeah uh, i it's downstairs i do have my guitar over there but um okay next yeah, podcast i guess yeah i can um let me restring it it needs to be restrung i have the i have the strings they're, they're you right get it all here. nice and presentable and you show okay. me that banjo jake okay and it'll yeah. just be a little yeah so i have a i have a uh inspiration question for you guys Ooh. Ooh. so Making a lot of YouTube videos. I've been doing it for 14 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a thing that we always say, especially on Visual Effects Artist React, which is, you know, it needs to serve the story. It's like, mm-hmm. I had this crazy idea for a movie and we came up with a way to pull it off and that required us to invent this new magic trick. And they're like, wow, it's always such a cool magic trick when that happens. All right. Mm-hmm. It needs to serve the story. But when I look back at the videos that we've done in Corridor and like various shorts, and things that I've actually said in our videos, a lot of our videos come from having an effect we want to try, and then we write a story for that effect. Now, is that a backwards way to be going about doing this? Because we've had some pretty solid results of going in that direction. Like, it's been an inspiration that's led us to do some cool things. Is that saying of the VFX need to be made for the story? Is that really a true saying? Or in reality, can you have a cool VFX technique that you then write a story around and have a good story from that? Well, I feel like it's the it's the prompt that then leads you to do this, write the story, but then the story becomes the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's because like creativity, there's no limitations. You could do anything, but once you have an effect that you want to achieve, you go, oh, okay, maybe we can narrow down our, our the window of stories we want to tell. Uh, I think that's like kind of how James Cameron goes about writing movies. Is he's like he has a cool scene in mind, and then he's like, okay, what would be the story around this? But then he starts going on that and then he's like, okay, now I have my story. And sometimes that cool action scene might not make it in, but it's just like the jumping off point. I feel mm-hmm. like. Because yeah, there's a fair amount of like movies and TV shows out there that have, have a story and a visual idea that go hand in hand. And like the story wouldn't exist the way it does without the visual idea. Like, you know, like Birdman being a one take movie. Yeah. Like that. If the one take was irrelevant to the quality of the Birdman story, they wouldn't have done it. Like it needs that cinematic trick to be paired with the story to make that movie what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. 
Yeah, what do you think, Jake? it's um, of course it depends on the story. I think. Um, I, I think the reason why people maybe initially turned off to this uh, like approach of cr- coming up with a visual style and then telling a story with it is maybe because it doesn't work as often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know why that is. Perhaps it's just the simply simply the scale that most television shows and movies operate at. It's that wouldn't really be how you would go about it, you know. Like, yeah. Imagine if you were like, "Hey, so um, imagine if you're the first person to like discover a first person camera rig, mm-hmm. and you were like, oh, this is dope. We gotta, we gotta film something with this.' But then instead of going out and shooting like a viral video or like Superman with a GoPro, which is what we did with it, you you go out and you're like." Let's do a movie. I mean, they kind of did this. It was called Hardcore Henry. Dude, that movie's sick. <laughs> yeah, that movie's awesome. but that, that movie's guy's... sick. Okay, so then my theory fails. My theory totally <laughs> fails. Um, yeah, because that's the problem. I'm just I've trying, to, about I'm trying to think about it. I'm trying to reverse engineer it, you know, the psychology of it. Yeah, because the more I think about it, the more it's like, there's some great pieces of cinema that start because somebody's like, hey, I can do a cool effect. And everyone's like, well, what's a good story that uses that effect? It's like this maybe. And they're like, oh, yeah. And then it comes out. And everyone's like, dang, this is groundbreaking. Like, yeah, it just seems like that. Maybe mm. that saying of story first is like we just take for granted. Maybe it's not quite well, this. I feel like you're getting at it, which is that film is a visual art form. And like, uh you know, if you just have a, a great story you want to tell, you could probably just write that. You're right, you know? yeah. But if there's, like, spectacle is baked in with the story. Like, it's it's all part of why we engage with, with film and animation is because we also want to be, we want to, we want to, like, experience a story that uh, takes us places and and has us meet people that we've never met before. But we also want to like literally see things we've never seen before. That like the novelty of it is still super important. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, Okay, I've got another theory. (coughs) Sorry. Maybe it's because that's not how we approach things in real life. You can do it in the art form. You can go, hey, I've got this idea of, you know, we're going to come up with a story to to fit this visual style that's groundbreaking. And then overall, the whole thing will be groundbreaking. But in real life, when we're trying to solve a human problem, it's always the other way, which is mm-hmm. here's our here's our story. We're bumping along, you know, we're arguing along the way, and then we get to a problem and we're like, shoot, what do we do? We gotta come up with a solution. 
And we're like, let's build a dam and we'll create hydroelectric power. Okay, good idea. All right. Well, the, and, you know, and it's like, it works more in practice that way. I don't know. I'm just trying yeah, to the, think of the psychology behind it. In real life, you're right. The solutions do follow the problems in yeah. generally in that order. <laughs> Whereas in movies, sometimes they're the other way around. I mean, part yeah. of why I'm asking this is because, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, our, the Starfield video will have come out. And the Starfield video is interesting because it initially started as this experiment to see how much further across the uncanny valley we get compared to like our previous experiences and kind of like what's been done out there, especially like the indie creator level. And, you know, we were putting together some various like ideas because, you know, I was messing with this pixie face more stuff. Uh, Unreal Engine had just announced um, or not announced. They had just released, you know, new face motion capture tools. Um, yep. You know, we had the new Rococo suit and like, so we had all these new tools in front of us, everything that, you know, from face rendering to motion capture to like, you know, all, all the sorts of stuff. It's it like, Sam's well, dreamland. Right. <laughs> Sam's dreamland. And it's like, well, let's come back to this, this thing. And like doing, doing faces is incredible. Like not just faces, doing human characters and CGI is, is very difficult. Um, as we have said a billion times uh, before. Um <laughs> So we're we're putting all these pieces together and we're we're working on this project and in the middle of this project is this Starfield short that we didn't have that short when we started this project right it was it was hey let's come up with something that uses CGI people in fact i think the first idea was a parody on the sixth sense where uh, there's a kid who can see fake people and then the person he's been talking to has been fake the whole time and doesn't know it <laughs> and just like you know with Bruce Willis everybody sees is that the, the, is that the green screen man concept <laughs> I don't know yes where everything, kind of. everything is done it's by a green very screen. deep cut VFX joke though and yeah, it's also a sixth yeah. sense joke which is not exactly timely um, anyways so we not didn't exactly. do that idea that idea never got realized um, but this Starfield idea popped up because Sam's like, well, it's so easy to make that stuff in Unreal Engine. Like there's a billion kits out there of like these different things. And like Kitbash just, you know, hooked us up with some new stuff as well. And they have an amazing sci-fi universe that you can build. And he and Jordan Allen did this, like basically this improv skit about just, you know, it's the end of the world, the final battle. And the main character has no idea what's going on because he doesn't get care. He's just been following waypoints and objective markers. And like, you know, the other person who's in this world reacts to that as one should <laughs> when the other person has not been paying attention. Um, and they did this little skit and it, like turned out into this like really, turned into this really charming short. And while we were working on this project at the beginning, I distinctly remember Sam saying, it's like, we can't just do, we can't just use the tech for the sake of using the tech. We can't just make a short about the tech. We need to do what we say we're always going to do and have a creative idea that we want to execute. And then we've solved the problems that we need in order, like, you know, in order to be able to execute on that creative idea. And that's where the, the tech comes in. And I was like, yeah. But now I look back in this process and that, that's not at all what actually happened. What actually happened was we started playing with tech and then when, went, what's a cool story we can write using all this tech? And then we got a really cool thing out of it. So it just, it was a, it's weird. It's, it feels like it's been backwards, but at the same time, the results have been delightful for the most part, every time we've done yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, you know, you look at, yeah, especially the corridor videos and yeah, there's no bright line rule. I mean, even the Assassin's Creed 3 video that we did, like, I don't know how many years ago it was, 10 years ago, 
mm-hmm. our first, that was a brand integration. And so the reason why we came up with that initially was they said, hey, we want you guys to come up with a story in the Assassin's Creed universe. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we went to them and pitched them because we had this great story about a character or characters in the Assassin's Creed universe and we wanted to tell it. They came to us and said, hey, would you want to tell a story in the universe? And then we came up with it that way. So, But it didn't hurt it. That video did great. Mm-hmm. It's got like 15 million views or whatever and it was really fun to make. And Yeah, it's one of our best yeah. videos. I, I think it's what you have to decide like what you think is backwards. Like, mm-hmm. is it backwards just because we have the tech at our disposal and then we create based off of what we had have versus let's create something and then figure out how to do it? Like, s- some people might think that's a backwards way of doing it because it's like, oh, you might go over budget and you have to go, well, now we're climbing this different ladder when really maybe we're doing it right this whole time. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it, If we have it and it's like a lot of it is sometimes on the cheaper side or given to us or used for experimental purposes and then you create something so beautiful out of it. It's like, is it backwards or is it just a really cool way of doing things? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely find that constraints with creativity like more so than anything else. Like every time we have a brand say like, hey, make a video about this. And we're like, oh, how do we come up with a cool video? It's like, <laughs> until, that's until there's just too many, okay? And then yeah. and then yeah. you get to the breaking point and then you're just like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I can't. But do you yeah. think the same thing happens when you have a story and then you have to change your story because you can't do something because mm-hmm. you also, you don't have the tech right? rather than getting in front of it to begin with. And then you build something around what you know that well, you do Well, yeah, have. there's some, yeah. I think there is something that does happen when you have an approach, you have a stylistic approach that doesn't necessarily happen when you have an idea. And that is the ability to really precisely tailor the idea to fit the stylistic approach. Um, and, and sometimes when you have an idea and you're trying to come up with a stylistic approach to fit that idea, that process can be very messy. Um, a lot of, you know, tests, experiments, research and development, da, 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 to try to sort of like bring everything that's possible into this particular vision. But when you have it the other way, it, it does allow you to be very precise about story. Um, because you can go, well, we know we know what it looks like, so we just need to write within those confines. To and I and I think that can lend itself towards less messiness. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're coming up with an idea, I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, when we were doing that um, Black Rifle Coffee uh, like action scene in the Bass Pro Shop, um, we we did this thing where there was this big fight in a Bass Pro Shop. It was super fun. Um, but one of the conditions of the story, like the, one of the one of the precepts of why they were in this store to begin with, was that it was a Black Friday sale. And there was a bunch of people standing outside of a Bass Pro Shop. And then a riot breaks out because it's Black Friday. And then they got to go and they got to steal the coffee and get out of there. And so it was like, it, it all made sense. Like, why did a fight break out in the middle of a department store? Well, there was a riot because people were standing outside for Black Friday. Yeah, everyone's going crazy for the products. And yeah. Yeah, everyone was going crazy for the product. So it, it, it all made sense in, in this little, you know, in the in the like, two shots you have to give the backstory in, in a 60 second bit. Um, but then the location came along and said, Oh, well, you know, it's, we can't have, we can't have any, like give any notion that there's a riot in our stores. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we, we came kind of like casually took the note and said, Oh, well, we'll come up with something. But the entire idea rested on this like sort of setting and so we recontextualized it it wasn't as good though because it didn't make as much it didn't have as much impact i think from like the start and had we had it been one of those situations where we had a visual style that we were trying to achieve then it probably would have never been a problem a problem like that probably would have never arisen in the first place because we would have been writing for the execution of the visual and not for a story idea that we had mm -hmm. and then sort of fitting the tools that we had available to, to that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I feel like I always get the best inspiration when I have like a challenge or a new technique in front of me and it's something to pursue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's something that's very unique about filmmaking in that way. Cause it's like, if you're uh, if you paint with oil paints, it's not like, Oh, they just came out with a new oil paint, dude. Like, <laughs> they got the new hue of blue. Oh, I'm gonna paint this yeah, peacock. Like, oh. <laughs> but even then, Sick. like I think people who do, you know, the manual arts, illustration, all that stuff, they still there will be some kind of challenge because you can draw anything, mm -hmm. but like you need some some limitation, some some narrowing of of what you can do creatively to actually like make something come alive or to like find the idea because. I like the idea that like the the perfect version of the idea exists out there somewhere and you're like trying to find it. And if you're starting with with no, you know, sort of like narrowing lens of your vision, you it's really hard to find it. But if you start to kind of like narrow down your search field, you can kind of spot the idea. And there's, you know, 
an unlimited amount of quote perfect ideas, but like you have to find the sp- well, specific you, one. You know, it's the same way in um in music too. A lot of times, I mean, sometimes you get a song in your head and you just have to write the song out. But other times you'll be learning guitar or piano. We were just talking about this before we started the podcast. You learn a technique of playing and then all of a sudden it opens a whole new element or a whole new realm of possibility Yeah, of types of songs you can now do because you learned a new technique. And from that, you know, now it's just like, oh, well, now you added another superpower to your ability. Yeah. And and that's, again, with filmmaking, like, it's it's such a, it's hard, like, it's interesting, like, we call filmmaking art form the same way we would call drawing or something. But, like, filmmaking is so many art forms, like, compiled into one. So there's so many, like, uh, I don't know, like, skill trees that you can invest in with with filmmaking, mm-hmm. like, just on the visual side in in the vfx world like we specialize in in like specific things with with cg and visual effects but like there's cameras there's freaking you know lenses that go on those cameras and there's like people who specialize in the most specific like versions you know the stop motion guy like who's the stop motion guy out there who's like yo the that's the guy that does all the stop motion shorts that just slap you know this is that's the guy. There's a guy and he's doing it right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, man. well, I guess that answers that question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess uh, it's about being open to what you have available. I think that's almost more important always. That's mm-hmm. gotten us through more times than either of the specific approaches you're right that's the best constraint is you just look around and be like what do i have that i could shoot with right now yeah, Can I yeah write a story right that now that? yeah right now yeah. Mm-hmm. that's how, that's what dictates our weekly videos to almost every extent like because we you know we brainstorm every week we write down ideas then every monday it's like okay well what can we shoot right right now what can we shoot mm-hmm. this week yeah right now and you look at your list and like well i can shoot this it's like all right that's yeah. the one And you can say that on the biggest budget movie films, too. It's like you could have this idea, but the day of and it's cloudy. It's like, practically, what can we do? Do Mm -hmm. we move it or do we do this? You know, or do we use a drone or do we get it it comes down to what can we do practically, no matter if it's a YouTube video or if it's going to be in a movie theater. Yeah. They would never risk being subjected to the winds of weather. (laughs) (laughs) They create their own weather. Maybe. And <laughs> uh, light. So we filmed an episode of React today, and somehow the whole episode just ended up being us looking at effect shots of what basically just ends up being the actor's face cut out and put onto a CG shot. <laughs> you know, whether it's Marvel or de aging or just straight up the visual effects that they're doing. Like it's every single thing we looked at ended up being a cutout face on a CG body. Um, Little Mermaid <laughs> was one of the things we looked at. And like, I like the the notion of an actor has like gotten really deconstructed for me in a weird way now, and I'm, I it makes me wonder where it's going because you have these personalities that are, you know, IPs brands they are characters right, like Brad Pitt 
there is a human being named Brad Pitt, but more specifically, there is a creature named Brad Pitt that is the <laughs> collective point of everybody's like charisma perception, creating this being that they think should exist named Brad Pitt. Yeah. And like, that's a different entity than the actual man. Like it's but this most character. perfectly visualized in the legends of the fall, obviously. <laughs> right. Exactly. What's that dude? Is that a Brad Pitt movie? Yeah, oh, man. dude. It's like, that's like young, <laughs> long hair, Brad, <laughs> oh man jake's favorite that. yeah my fa- everyone's favorite brad you know like 1994 yeah. Any- anyway <laughs> oh that's early brad uh, yeah what was his first one it was like uh that oh, weird- hold on guys this isn't a brad this isn't oh, a brad sorry, sorry, fan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> i am going somewhere with this <laughs> sorry we're just so in love with brad no, Pitt, I know, I get- <laughs> well exactly right it's it's that face. It's that face that they will film and then cut out and put an entire CG world and body around. Right. And it's just like, like I was asking this question. It's like, why? Why are we like doing all like we? Why why are they doing all this work and filming all this just to cut out a little oval shaped patch in the center of it? Yeah. To then replace everything else. That, yeah, that's how I've always felt about the Marvel movies. Is like, I, I've really started thinking about this recently. Is like superhero movies are much better suited for animation. Yeah. And they are essentially animated films, but because of the fact that they have to put Robert Downey Jr.'s face in these movies, all the CG has to look real. But like, right. imagine, <laughs> like you just don't have Robert Downey Jr. Now it can look like Spider Verse, yeah, and it can be the perfect version of it because, you know, we're all big anime fans. Like, anime is an adaptation of Japanese comic books, mm-hmm. and that's it's a direct adaptation. Like those, the shows panel to the shot, yeah, yeah, the shows have the style of those books. And our adaptations of our collective comic book mythology is like a bunch of people in these like kind of realistic versions of it, but it still looks goofy. You know, it's not, it's not, again, we're talking about looking for the perfect idea. I feel like that way of doing it, unless it's like, there's a brief moment where like you had like 300 and Sin City, like the Frank Miller adaptations where like American comic books are getting their like cinematic style. And then they're like, it just fell out. <laughs> yeah. And like Marvel well, took funny. over. You're, you're absolutely right about that because I was at my buddy's place this weekend and his kid had a painting, you know, like one of those non-painting paintings that you can get online mm-hmm. of Iron Man. Oh, yeah. In his yeah. Ru- it was like a painting of Iron Man, like, you know, looking mm-hmm. all stoic and cool. And I, and I, I stopped and I thought about that for a second. And just about the cultural significance of this 16-year-old having a painting of Iron Man in his room. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it was it was a little bizarre, but I totally get why that's the coolest thing ever to him. Because yeah. And I feel like that first Iron Man movie, like those first couple of Marvel movies, it makes sense for it to be live action. It makes sense for it not to be an animated film because like for the most part, the stakes are kind of real in terms of like the human characters mm-hmm. like if this guy falls he could hurt himself right like in the most basic way <laughs> yeah but now these movies like yeah, it'll be like oh gone. the bad guy's coming and they all their costumes just start like m- like melting <laughs> over their skin and they're like we're ready right. to go and it's like it be- has become a complete saturday morning cartoon yeah and just make it a cartoon then and then we <laughs> exactly. won't, the stakes the stakes will make sense it's like I, the little oval of face that you're saving and then you could screen. go you could go even more grandiose with the events uh, yeah. even more yeah. you know they could be fighting in space 
for the literally the entire time. <laughs> well, and yeah, it's interesting how in a cartoon that it sort of like makes more sense sometimes because this is kind of in the weeds, but the new they have this new Star Wars show called Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And Ahsoka uh, is a character from the animated show. And the, in the show, spoiler alert, they have a flashback. So in the show that she's originally from, it's called The Clone Wars. She is like, I guess like 14 years old. But when you're watching the show, it's an animated show. So this kid running around in like a war zone is like, ah, <laughs> oh, it's cu- cute and fun because it's like she's bouncing. Adventure. Yeah, yeah she's bouncy. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's like, it's a cartoon. But so they have the flashback in this live action series. And now because of the medium, you look at it and you're like, wait a second, she's like a child soldier. And this is like, <laughs> this is really dark. <laughs> and it's like, because they light it in a, in a way, it looks like a Vietnam movie. And like Anakin's like, come on, Ahsoka. And it's like, why did you take this 14 year old into like combat scenarios? And she's like supposed to be the commander of this army. And why is the Viet Cong arming, arming her with an AK-47? What's going yeah. on here? And uh, I, yeah, I feel like that with uh, a lot of these Marvel movies where it's like, um, I didn't see the new Ant-Man, but they brought out, do you guys know who Modoc is in the Marvel comics? He's like, basically, yeah. uh, people might know this reference from Spy Kids, like George Lopez's character is like in this head in a jar. That ha- okay, it's like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's a giant like tech screen with arms and legs and he's just a giant head. Um, yeah. That's Modoc in the comics. And again, as an illustration, oh, that's a cool idea. As a live action thing, it looks like ass, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, there's this, it's an uncanny area that we're in with these superhero movies and with all, with all big budget blockbusters because like I'm, I'm sure the Transformers movies or whatever, you know, big budget thing is the same thing where it's like, here's a giant CG battle scene. And then here's this guy's face like, <laughs> in there on somewhere. Top of I mean, that's basically Avatar. Yeah. So, you know, I po- I started posing that question because like I'm trying to get into like the psychological underpinnings of it, like these weird human nature things. And, you know, Sam and Jordan answered, of course, well, human faces are really hard to do. So might as well just film a real human face. We can yeah. do everything else. Right. But when you're looking at a shot and it's a close up of a person, currently everybody almost always fails at doing CG faces, especially when they're close up. So you might as well just film a real face and work backwards from there. It's like, okay, sure. You know, it makes sense to me at first, but then, yeah. But then part of me pauses and be like, once again, animated movies are popular. Do we, why do we really just need that little circle of a face outside of like, oh, you know, well, it's hard to do it in CG. It's like, sure. But what if it's just slightly stylized? Why do, why do we need Robert Downey Jr.'s face? Yeah. Like as pixels, that's pixel because data we've got to have, to have contracts, Nico. We've got <laughs> to have say, the I think it comes down to this, well, and it's that we fall in love with people, and that's what we've always been obsessed with yeah. celebrities and obsessed with people. And Gal Gadot, is it going to be the same without Gal Gadot? Is it going to be the same without Paul Rudd? It's just yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, Maybe, just, but I don't think they want to get rid of those faces America's funny guy at the party that you don't know but he seems all right Paul Rudd (laughs) (laughs) yep the sheer economics of the whole like press junket thing uh it's changed animated films as well which I guess it kind of flips the point because essentially like now because of social media all this like when the they all go on the press junket not only are they like, oh, I'm on Channel 5 News, they're on BuzzFeed, they're mm. on, 
you know, freaking GQ. They're on all these things that people actually watch on YouTube as just like regular content. And that stuff is so important in the like engine of the marketing mm -hmm. of these movies. So that's really what the actors are there for yeah. these days, in my opinion, is like not so much like there's times where people will be on the press tour and they're in all these goofy BuzzFeed videos where it's like, oh, we're with puppies or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, that person's in the movie for five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you have Secret Life of Pets where they did like, you know, Kevin Hart and that's a really big name and they added like yeah. Kim Kardashian in it. And so you do get people to come listen to those voices, but it only it only goes so far. It's like, yeah. okay, but when you have Marvel and these faces, and who's going to be the face of smart water for the next 10 years? And then who's going to yeah. do that new Dior campaign that's worth billions of dollars that just keeps going? It's like you, yeah. it's the faces and then the products, the advertising, the marketing that comes after yeah. it. And it kind of stops when you have an animated. It's yeah, it's true. It does stop when it's animated. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good point. You can't really meet Miles Morales. Yeah. yeah. Not really. <laughs> and that, yeah. yeah. But that is interesting how it is. So it's an industrial complex. It's like a, it's like a machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but animated films didn't used to be like that, which I think is why it's an interesting case study because animated films used to be, you just get a voice actor. Yeah, Katzenberg yeah. changed it. Yeah. With Shark's Tale. Mm. Yes. That was the first one. That was the first one where it was like, here's everybody. Yeah. You know? Like, why is Will Smith in a cartoon? And why does yeah. he look like Will Smith? <laughs> <laughs> why does he look like Will Smith? Here, it's like Kevin Hart doesn't look like Kevin Hart in Pet and Secret Life of Pets, but Will Smith looks like Will Smith. And, and that's what made everyone love the movie. Yeah. And that's more. how they made money. And I guess yeah. you like maybe Toy Story would be like And Shrek was the other one, by the way. Yeah. Ooh, I think yeah. yeah, honestly, well, DreamWorks, like DreamWorks I mean, yeah, as a studio. And Shrek's Shrek, yeah. But they were like the they were the like corporate <laughs> Shrek's, version of Pixar. Dude, what if we Shrek's. let's reboot it and call it Shrek's? Shrek's <laughs> there's multiple <laughs> Well, JC, as as somebody who's an actual practicing actor, you know, let me ask you, like, so we're at this point where, yeah, sure, it's hard to do faces still. Five years from now, I don't think it's going to be hard to do faces. I think five years from now, it won't be hard to put any face you want in a movie, just straight up, whether it's close-up shots, wide shots, et cetera. Like, I mean, it'll be somewhat difficult. I don't think, like, you know, a kid with a computer could do it necessarily. But this idea of having something like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. having his face and no one else has his face, that's going to stop being a thing where like anybody can have anybody's face, right? Mm -hmm. So JC, let me ask you, as, as an actress, if you were in roles where your full performance could come through, right? Or you're asked to be in a movie where full performance, full nuance, all that would come through, but it doesn't look like you and it doesn't sound like you. To what extent does that diminish, if at all, like your desire to do that role or that character? Mm. I mean, that's that's interesting because there's so many levels because it's like you have like the Robert Downer Jr. where it's like his face and then hit the robot. <laughs> it's like, that's not really him. Really, yeah. he, could, he could be doing anything. And then there's also, you know, voice acting where I have full control over that emotion, but they'd never see me. But if you're super popular, they know that it's you. And they're like, oh, she's a really good voice actor. Yeah, In this case, it'd be like you're a puppet master, effectively puppeting a fully detailed flesh out human that's indistinguishable from you. There's a movie called Pacific Rim that, uh, <laughs> or I mean, like, like, would, you, would you be like, ah, no thanks, or you'd be like, yeah, it's whatever, it's just a character. It's I'm like okay if you're an avatar, right? But it's it's people instead of blue people, you know. It's like it's you're just you're uh freaking uh you're Dean know, Arnold, you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> you know. You can uh, everything in your face can control Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
Yeah. And your and your voice will change to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it 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 will change the why you want to act. I think I think if like you're being someone else's persona, it's interesting because it's like you want to storytell and and bring what you have to the table to present to the rest of the world. So it's like to go through someone else's face would be interesting because like it we, doesn't give the same effect internally. But there's mm -hmm. like you know we have makeup. You know, we have prosthetics yeah. that we do. Um, it's interesting because like, yeah, it is. It's a theoretical technology because right. I guess there's another question of could it ever be that good where it could actually pick up all the nuances of what your face is doing? Because of course it can. Yeah, <laughs> but is yeah, there so it, it, yeah. it'll get there. Yeah. Is there something about like also the structure of your specific face that is part of the the expressions you're making you know what i mean like does that expression change on another person's face so it's like i'm acting in the whole film the marriage story but it's scarlett johansson's face is what you're basically yes except let's assume it's not another actor or actress's face but just a character that doesn't exist like they've invented yeah, and, a character and, and assume the story. it's perfectly interpolated so that there's no like loss you know from your face to the to the dis to the displayed face it's weird <laughs> it's definitely weird but it's like mm, it's just another it's another job you know it's I think you can still bring your own emotions to the table and it's like and if you love being on set and you love making films then you're gonna love doing that as well mm -hmm. it's like sometimes you take the shitty jobs it's obviously not gonna be like <laughs> the job that an actor who wants to be a superstar is gonna want but you're gonna take it until you don't have to do those type of jobs anymore. And there are like some people, like some people want to be that background actor or like the stunt guys that never have their face shown. Yeah. You know, it's like mm -hmm. those jobs will exist. Yeah. But yeah, I think they'll be reserved for the big budget stuff. Yeah. Because like, too. you know, like Tarantino has something he says about, which I think is dumb, but he says like uh, to him, a movie, like if it's not, captured if not, like the vast majority of the thing is not captured in a camera of the real world and he's like it's not a movie it's something else mm -hmm. and i think kind of animation then yeah and i think that's that's really what we're talking about is like kind of this new form of animate but it's so yeah it's weird he gets, so, he gets triggered so, about filming with digital cameras though <laughs> yeah but it's so it's so limiting i think to go into this space where we're like we're gonna make cg films but we're gonna try to make them look like real life mm -hmm. whereas isn't it so much more exciting if we just maintain that like we're like we're always gonna want to make real quote real movies in terms of like something shot through camera but this new emerging art form uh like i mean it, it is at the end of the day animation like animation is changing it's not really like filmmaking is changing mm -hmm. Uh, in the traditional sense, it's that there's new forms of animation that you can make look like whatever you want because there's no limitations. Like the, the limitation used to be you could pretty much only do 2D cell shaded animation because that's cheap to produce and can be executed in like two years. But now with, you know, all the tools that are coming out, it's like you can make it look like whatever you want. So, well, there was something that happened. And I think maybe the same thing is happening here now but the thing that happened when we first started doing youtube was everyone kept 
trying to define it in terms that they were already familiar with. Mm. I mean, remember this, Nico? It went on for mm-hmm. years until, mm-hmm. and now it's not a thing anymore. Now you just say, oh, you're a YouTuber or a creator or an influencer or whatever. There's many terms for it. Uh, but for a long time, everyone kept, tr- we would have these conversations to be like, so you're making videos, okay? <laughs> and then you're putting them on the internet, okay? And then people are watching those videos. <sighs> okay, so how long are they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and uh, what did you use to film them? Okay, uh, do, do you like went from one to the next? Is there like some consistency or and 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 we didn't have terms for it or anything. We were just making videos, and and the same thing. We're kind of going through something similar now, where we're we're dealing with this. I mean, it's going to be a new thing. It'll be a new thing. Like it, it's yeah, is it animation? Sure, I guess so maybe not. There's people who say it's not. I don't know. Does it matter? I guess it's, on some level, it's all kind of becoming the same thing. Because I've noticed this yeah. with, with films is like, they're getting longer and longer. Mm-hmm. And I heard James Cameron talking about these new Avatar movies and he's like, there's so much story I want to tell. And there's going to be like, maybe we can do a version that's on the streamers that's like five hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so now he's making a TV show, but now all the TV shows are starting to look like movies. When and did every wait? When did everyone start calling them streamers? Can we get that straightened out real quick? Because that's <laughs> yeah, that's like the last six months. Really? I saw you streaming no, platforms or it was always streaming, streaming service streaming but platform. Streamers, yeah, yeah. streamers, stre- yeah. streamers, streamers were streamers? people yeah. who streamed video games, yeah, or or any any other thing online. But then the industry, like the traditional Twitch. industry, started calling streaming platforms streamers. I don't like that. It's just like confusing it. like is it. all because there's two there's two words now for two sep- there's one word for two separate yeah. things. I'm an old man. I don't like change. I also don't like corporations like adopting like us internet you know users. That's terms. our word, streamer. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm an old that. corporate guy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, well, sorry, because you're saying I, I streamers would be that. like a a guy who like live streams. Yeah, like yeah. on a Twitch oh, okay. shirt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the stuff they do. <laughs> Gaming Twitch or when they anywhere game else. Stuff. Typically gaming, but yeah. Twitch even has gone beyond gaming now. And just but Netflix is a streaming you service. Want, there's some yeah. weird you can get into the weird dumbs of the internet dumb when you go mm-hmm. into streaming worlds. I mean, there's <laughs> you know, there's people <laughs> who will like there. there's ASMR streams, there's game streams, there's anyways. But video what? game streams, can you believe that? People watch people play video games on the internet and make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> How are you watch doing people that? People watch things. <laughs> hey, uh, so unfortunately, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have to get heading home uh, to have dinner. And I wasn't expecting. I thought what do you got? What do you got? Like a family or something, Nico? You got to go do. take off. Yeah, I know. Your children and your wife. Come on, <laughs> God damn it! We're yeah. streamers, Nico. We got to do this. Yeah. We got to do this at four a.m. That's the only way that it's really. I always stream. If I'm not yeah. streaming, I'm losing. That's Dude, the, no, like, the, sorry, I'm just going to, quick rant, quick rant, 30 <laughs> seconds. Perfect. Why, why is it that y- you have to live the, like, least healthy lifestyle possible to be a successful streamer? And I, <laughs> why is that? Why is that? Well, it's because it's, it's meant for teenagers and Gen Z. 
I is believe because there's plenty of people I, from our gen. Well, you, maybe there your gen are plenty Z, there's people, plenty of millennials that do it too. I think the mass majority it's getting like you. You have to think about it. It's like we're, when six year olds weren't in our world. Now they all are. It's like everyone has a phone <laughs> and a tablet, and it's like it's becoming much younger like them being a part of our world now and so i think with everything it's like how can we cater to the 17 year olds and now it's like the 15 year olds how can we like, how can we keep them up until 4 a.m yeah, yeah i'm gonna talk shit about streamers tell my streamer friends out there you know i'm just oh, joking dunk maybe Dunks, jake guys. the answer is that if you became a streamer in the first place your health your lifestyle health wasn't uh, all that great to begin with <laughs> <laughs> There's something to be yeah. said for that. Yeah. <laughs> Chicken before the egg. All right, I'm just kidding. Kind of. Uh, what's up, Eli? I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have to bip. I have to bop. All right. We'll bip bop bop. with you. <laughs> Bibbidi bop. Bibbidi bopity boo. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. <laughs> and we'll see you on the next one. All right.